0: Good evening, my name's Rich, I'm one of the leaders of the church here, you're very, very welcome, I hope you've enjoyed it so far, I hope it's, uh, it's getting you in the Christmas mood. I, is it Christmas already? I just think that's a bit of a surprise to me, it's kind of, it feels to me like five minutes since it, I was here last time, it was, you know, presents and the tree and the kind of thing. I think one year we even had a tree lying around from last year when this Christmas comes around, you think, where did it go? How has the whole year come round and it's suddenly Christmas already? It feels just too soon to me. If you'd have stopped me in the street and said, what time of year it is, I'd have probably guessed October, something like that. Is there, uh, is there anybody here who's super ready for Christmas? It's just a quick show of hands, we don't want your life history. Is anybody totally ready for Christmas? You've bought all the presents. Anyone? Not bad. Anybody here who's bought no presents at all? Yeah, very good. One, two, a few. It just comes around too quick, doesn't it? Don't worry. There's plenty of time left uh, for presents, I'm told. And a survey of the kind of ideas for cheap Christmas gifts you can get on the internet tells me there's things such as uh, a trip to Manchester United football ground. Yeah, week. Uh, a, a, a trip to a spa, which I'm told some of you will enjoy. Um, and lots of cheap electronic rubbish. So there's still plenty of time to get your shopping done. Don't worry about that. I don't think it feels cold enough to be Christmas, really, does it? It's just uh, everybody's been walking around saying, this is ridiculous, too warm. It's too warm. It was 17 degrees in Lewis the other day. That's, That's UK summer temperatures, isn't it? And there was rain to match. I just literally felt like breaking out my shorts and heading down to the beach. There are daffodils blooming in London at the moment, I'm told. Which again, I'm not a botanical expert, but that doesn't seem Christmassy to me. It doesn't seem right. But Christmas is really here. You can rest assured of that. You're at a carol service, people. There's a tree. There's been the carols. the traditional readings. Some people are even dressing in a nice festive way. Christmas is here whether we like it or not. You think, really? Is it Christmas? Yes, it is. What I want to do is just look at that question for a moment. Is it really Christmas? And I want to do it by looking at one of the passages from the Bible that we've seen several times already this evening. The choir have sung it. We've heard it read from the front. uh, And it even featured in that video poem that we saw earlier. It's It's a passage that was written about 700 years before Jesus was born. Just predicting, looking forward to his birth. And I'd like to read it for us and then just ask a couple of questions about it. It's the passage from Isaiah chapter 9, which says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And I want to especially look at that little phrase we started with. To us a child is born, to us a son is given. And I'm just going to ask three questions about that passage and hopefully that will help us understand a little bit more about this question of really Christmas. To us a child is born, to us a son is given. So my first question is, really? It, It didn't really happen, did it? surely eh? I mean we enjoy the traditional stories and we like the readings and it makes us feel Christmassy but you know angels and stables and things it's 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 surely it's mythical isn't it? it's like a legend it's a it's a story that's built up over time and it's got lovely embellishments but really it's got very little to do with reality perhaps you would be sitting here thinking I love the carols I love the tree I love the choir I even like the readings but it's kind of it's like King Arthur it's Arabian Nights with a kind of slightly religious twist to it it's not something that really happened and so if I said to you to To us a child is born to us a son is given you'd say really really but just be careful before you jump to conclusions too much don't overlook some of the details that we might want to remember before we decide really christmas Don't overlook the historical detail that was included in all the readings that we've heard from the Bible. The historical details, such as it referred to Caesar Augustus. Augustus was the emperor of the Roman Empire from 27 BC to 14 AD. A real person who is recorded as having carried out three censuses of the entire Roman world during his reign. Let's not forget King Herod. Who features in the Christmas story? He was a real historical character. He was like a puppet king put over the province of Judea by the Roman Empire. He reigned from 37 BC to 4 BC. Let's not even skip over Quirinius, the governor of Syria, who's not everyone's most well known historical character, but who was the governor of Syria from 7 to 4 BC and then later on from 2 BC to 1 AD. A real person. And let's not even skip over the fact that Bethlehem is a real place. You can go to Israel today and get a bus from Jerusalem. I've had the pleasure of sitting in the the town square in Bethlehem having a drink in December. It didn't feel very Christmassy, surprisingly enough, but it's a real place. And so these stories are written not to be taken as King Arthur and the Arabian Nights and various myths. They're taken as historical Let's not overlook in our rush to think it's just a story the contemporary accounts we have of Jesus as a real historical figure. We've got Josephus, a Jewish historian writing in the first century who refers to him. We've got several Roman writers writing in the first and second century referring to Jesus as this real historical figure. And let's not forget that the stories and accounts we've heard are taken from the four Gospels in the New Testament, at least two of which are eyewitness records by people who were there at the time and saw These things. Let's not forget that Luke, who we read a couple of passages from his gospel today, specifically tells us at the start of his gospel this is a record that I've carefully researched, I've interviewed eyewitnesses, and I've compiled it to make sure that what I'm writing is accurate. Let's not forget that the gospels were first generation accounts, meaning that many of the people involved in those uh, events were still alive and could have corroborated them or denied them if it had seemed fanciful. Let's not even skip over Mary, Jesus' mother who we see so many times wearing a dressing gown and a tea towel, riding a little donkey in a nativity play, was actually somebody who was part of the early church. You take the first Christians, the historical records of the first Christians, and Mary, Jesus' own mother, was there. Undoubtedly the source of the stories that we've read today about travelling for the census and giving birth, and they was putting him in a manger. Let's not rush over these things when we're too quick to say it didn't really happen. But that's not really the problem for most of us, is it? The real problem for most of us, I think, when we come to say really about these stories is that they are, they're fanciful, aren't they? They're kind of slightly miraculous, slightly out of the ordinary. They have angels, they have prophecies, they have virgin mothers and God babies in them. And we kind of instinctively think these things are just impossible, that doesn't fit. We know that these kind of things don't happen. But I would just even want to challenge that thinking for a moment and say, if God really exists, are these things so difficult? I mean, of course, if there's no God, of course, you're not going to get a virgin giving birth to a child who's, who's kind of a God man. You're not going to get angels and prophecies. Of course, you're not. But let's stop for a minute and not assume what we're trying to decide. If God does exist, is it too difficult for him to put these events into place? I'm not sure that it is it's easily possible and actually if God really exists maybe these things are evidence that he exists and actually if we're going to have intellectual integrity what we can't do is indulge in a sort of lazy circular reasoning that just says oh no of course those things didn't happen why not because God doesn't exist now do we know well there's no evidence for him well, we might just have discounted the evidence straight away. It's like this, you're sitting at home and you hear a, a knock at the door and you don't answer it you just because you know there's nobody there. Someone with you says, are you, are you, are you not going to answer the door? There's no need. There's no one there. But, but what about the knock? There was no knock. How do you know? Because there's nobody at the door. What was that sound? Well, it couldn't have been a knock, whatever it was. We can do the same to these accounts of Jesus. And just assume what we're trying to prove. Of course there's no God. Therefore, of course these things couldn't happen. What if there really is a God? And these things that happen out of the ordinary and extraordinary, the knock at the door, trying to get our attention, was actually God saying, I'm here. And yet we don't bother to investigate because we think they know the end of the story. Actually, it's hard to find any serious scholars today who would deny that Jesus was a real person who really existed including many scholars who would be secular or religious including many scholars who would say they're definitely not Christians or fans of Christianity and yet the scholarly consensus is Jesus certainly really existed and he was born almost certainly between about 6 and 4 BC so I would say to us a child really is born to us a son really is given but okay if you can see the fact maybe Jesus did exist he's a real person maybe to us a child is born maybe to us a son is given that does lead me on to my second question which is really even if it's true what does it have to do with me to us a child is born to us a son is given really surely at best to mary and joseph a child is born To Mary and Joseph, a son is given. Don't go dragging me into this. How can a baby born 2,000 years ago have any relevance to my life? To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. Really? Some of us would even find it a little bit offensive. What do you mean to to us? It's his own life. What are we trying to muscle in on this this man's life and kind of somehow claim a slice of him? Many people would say, no, 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 no. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. It's an inspiring story maybe this is your take on it maybe you would say it's a very inspiring story a, a boy born in difficult baby boy born in difficult circumstances rises up to this be this inspiring great spiritual teacher you know telling us profound ways to get on with each other. The Christmas story draws out the best of us. Maybe the Christmas story causes us to kind of go beyond ourselves, to love, to share, to care, to consider our fellow man. The Christmas story draws that out of me. That's what it means by to us a child is born, to us a son is given. You couldn't be more wrong. That's not what it's about at all. It's not just a story to make us think, oh, isn't it lovely to care for others? Because that is not what is claimed happens. It's so much more. The Christmas story from these uh, first century accounts that we've read from today is something far more staggering than that and far more profound. It's that God himself somehow was born as one of us. It's that extraordinary. That's why there were those divine titles in the passage that were read and that the choir sung for us. That's why it's saying, to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And yet, speaking of this same baby, speaking of him as if he's God, he'd be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, prince of peace it's piling up terms that the bible talks about god in it's this weird kind of hybrid mix it's saying in the manger there's a crazy mix of god and a little baby you 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 were there if you were there you'd look at it and think i don't i don't know what what i don't know if he's going to fill his nappy or if he's going to fill the whole universe with his incredible presence well how does this work this is extraordinary That's the claim of the Christmas story. It's unique. It says that actually through this baby who grew to be Jesus Christ, it's saying through that God's extraordinary and profound rule of peace and righteousness and justice and love and care and joy and freedom and wholeness spreads forever and ever. That's why it says of the increase of his government and peace, there'll be no end. Guys, that's not a little story that says, hey, why don't we share a bit more? That's something that is shocking. It's daring to claim there is a God and he's become one of us and he's broken into our world to challenge our preconceptions and to bring us into a connection with him in a way that changes us from the inside out for our entire lives. It's extraordinary. This is why Jesus in the passage is likened to light out of the darkness. It says a few verses before the one I've read here. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. It's saying Jesus, his birth was like this great light coming into a dark world. It's, it's portrayed as a dark world because we've lost this connection with God that we exist to have. It's like we've broken loose. We've lost our moorings and we're adrift without the connection with God that we exist for. In a dark world, we've done all sorts of things to move away from God. We've shrugged him off. We've disbelieved him. We've explained him away. We've kept him at arm's length. We've pacified him with spiritual deeds or religious observances. We've ignored him, we've placated him. We've done anything but let his light into our lives. And you know, like me, there's dark bits of you inside. You know, there's places inside of you where you think, I'm glad no one else knows about this. Jesus came so that people in darkness can experience this great light. Jesus came so that people like you and me can reconnect with God. Jesus was God's rescue mission. The baby grew into a man and through his life and his death and his admittedly miraculous resurrection from the dead, we can reconnect with God. Jesus came not to be a little baby to inspire us. Why don't we share and care a little bit more? Jesus came to allow a door to be opened back to God so that even people with ordinary lives like us can find the meaning and the purpose and the fulfillment of our existence through this connection with God that's the whole point of our life that's why when it's speaking about Jesus it says to us a child is given to us a son is born because it's profoundly relevant for our lives here today which brings me to my third question which is really really what if it is true what if this somehow is true What if despite the fact I've always just assumed it was just part of the background story of Christmas, what if this is really true? What does this mean for me? If it's true, it means God is real, he exists. If it's true, it means God loves you. He cares about you. He wants to connect with you. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to bring you this peace, meaning, satisfaction, wholeness that lasts throughout whatever life brings at you, including your own death. You may say, really? Really? That's amazing. Maybe you need to reconnect with God this Christmas. Maybe for you, this is the time where you think, I'm going to walk through the open door. Maybe it's the time for you to become a Christian. Maybe it's time for you to pray. You can do it here, you can do it at home, you can do it in the car. But maybe for you it's a question of you're going to have to pray. Say, God, I want to reconnect with you through Jesus. I want to turn away from walking in darkness and I want to walk in light. I want to give you the keys to every part of my life. But I want to reconnect with you through Jesus. Maybe you understand that this Christmas is a Christmas for you to get. A child was born for you. A son was given for you. So that you can come to God and reconnect with him. Like the video said, Jesus is not just God's presence with us, it's God present for us. He came so that people like you and me can reconnect with God. Really? What if it's true? You may not be quite there, you may not be saying, really that's amazing. You may be saying, really, maybe, this is interesting, I need to find out some more. It's a very, very wise approach to take. I mean, it's a a long way to go in about 15 minutes, isn't it? Suddenly it's true and it's real and it makes a difference. You've got to do something. But I would say to you is this, look into it. Even if you're sitting there thinking, surely not. Look into it. This is the beauty of Christianity. The beauty of Christianity is it self-consciously claims to be based on real historical events that either did or didn't happen, which means you can investigate You can explore it. You can't explore a philosophy. It's one of the things that sets Christianity apart from all the other great faiths. You can't explore, did someone have a vision once? You can't explore, is this idea a really good one for connecting with God? You can't explore that. It's totally subjective. Christianity doesn't claim to be that. Christianity claims to be based on these events. And it claims, actually, between 6 and 4 BC, a child really was born in Bethlehem, a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. And he really was the son of God and he grew and he lived and he died and incredibly he rose from the dead. And it's left a historical footprint that we can investigate and explore and challenge. We can hear the knocking and by investigating Christianity, we can go to the door and open it and see, is there someone outside? Or we can sit in our chair with our arms folded. I know there's nobody there. Whatever that knocking is, it's not someone knocking on the door. Intellectual integrity demands, let's at least look. Let's at least explore, let's at least ask some questions. And I think the incredible thing about Christianity is it's not just a set of historical events. It's not just, hey, I've got news for you. Something happened once, do you want to check it out? Because actually, even though you can explore and examine the evidence, it leads you into an experience where you find you can reconnect with God yourself. And it makes a difference to you. You can find that for you. The child really was born for you. The son really was given for you. Christmas was when I started first investigating Christianity. The first time I've gone to church. And there was enough there for me to think, is that knocking? Maybe I'm going to find out a bit more. And it led me down this route of asking questions and challenging and What's the evidence and how does it work? Actually, brought me to the point where I found out this is true, this is real, this is life changing, which is why I'm so kind of wholeheartedly wanting to endorse that line of approach for you. Find out a little bit more, and I'll tell you more about how we can do that at the end. But I just want to say, why not, if there's a faint knock, why not have the guts to open the door and find out what's there? Why not have the curiosity? to at least see if your presuppositions are right or wrong. Because I think, to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And I would push it even further. And I would say, to you, a child is given. To you, a son is born. Really, truly. And it changes everything. Thanks very much for listening. Have Christmas.